We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Sixth Man Show. It is January 27th, 2022. Jonathan Osborne here. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, what up, bro? Not much. We uh, had just one game to 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 break down tonight and uh, today, as you guys listen to this. Um, so we'll be able to. You know, I'm excited for this episode. We got uh, some things to roll out and things that I'm looking forward to. Can we uh, before we get into like our housekeeping stuff? Can we talk about Stacy King for like just a minute or two here? That dude's a goober. So the Bulls color commentator obviously had the issue with Jalen. You know his. Uh, emphatic dunks towards the end of the the Bulls game and then was arguing with like every Twitter per like every magic Twitter person time. the last couple of days to try to like just double and triple down on his just horrible Jalen sucks take he didn't even realize that Jalen's reaction wasn't towards the Bulls whatsoever it was towards us a, a fan in the stands talking right, trash to Jalen and yeah just like oh my god and then tried was trying to argue about how you know the Magic shouldn't be excited about beating the Bulls because they've been injured all year. Like Stacy, you do not know the fight you are picking, my guy. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it was it was ridiculous. It was annoying. I like I couldn't believe. I thought that he would just reply to maybe one one person trying to go at him about it because a lot of Magic Twitter was going at him about you know saying that you know Suggs shouldn't celebrate that way and you're you only have eight wins right now and all that stuff just stupid and then i look at his twitter and he's got like 40 replies to people quote tweets everything and then of course you've got like the people who just like worship stacy king and they're like stacy doesn't take l's and it's like nah stacy did and the, the bulls did. did and uh it just it was stupid man it was really dumb like why he was entertaining it as well and just kept going like he clearly thought he was right and i think that's what made me the most mad it was like he didn't they they already had pissed me off because the whole time the first half the whole first half basically and maybe beyond that they're calling uh mo wagner franz wagner 
and then they start doing this stuff and Stacy came it was terrible. I I will say I watched the Clippers broadcast tonight um as Orlando played them. Those guys were so much better in general and they had their stuff, they knew their stuff, they gave props to the magic. They weren't ever like I, I didn't feel that way. I mean sometimes there's some naturally homer things that they said, but for the most part, night and day between the Bulls broadcast team and, and the clips. The worst part was when Mo Wagner fouls DeMar DeRozan on like the clear path foul, which was like a hard foul, like whatever. Like if DeMar says like one little thing to Mo, like whatever, but gets in his face, puts his hand on the chest, and they're repeatedly calling more Moritz Wagner, Franz Wagner, like, oh, this guy's only played 40 games. DeMar's been in the league for 13 (laughs) years, like acting like this kid's an idiot, and they're not even talking about the right person. It was just ridiculous. And Mo so was playing have, his role very well. And they should know oh that gosh. about Mo. Like Dude, you should I, be able to like that is his literal role is to be a pest to the opposing teams, especially the star players. And it's the most obvious thing you could know about Mo Wagner. It, it was ridiculous to me. I'm looking at uh at Man Games Lost NBA on Twitter right now, and they have this whole chart plotted out about uh, you know, teams and kind of where they are in terms of the playoff race and the number of uh, games they've lost, you know, due to injury, right? Chicago is, like, right in the middle, and, like, most of the teams in the league are clustered right around the middle. They had to expand the parameters of this chart recently, Luke, because they could not fit the Orlando Magic on the chart. Yep. They are all the way at the bottom right-hand corner of the chart. And, like, last week when they posted it, the ORL, the top of the letters ORL, were barely visible. They literally had to expand the parameters of the chart to fit the magic. Like that's how bad it's been. Some someone needs to send this to Stacey King. Just, uh, just ridiculous. Oh, the crazy thing is, I'm sure he saw it and he just like ignored it. So I don't. There you go. I'm questioning that dude's eyesight. But yeah. anyways, we're not going to spend too much time on that. A couple of housekeeping things really quickly. We always shout out our patrons every single week. They help financially support the show. We would not be able to do all the things that we do without you guys. We'd love to shout you out. Shout out Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Jonathan Borges, Norm L, Magic Player History, Giulio, and Bailey. Thank you guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, shout out Court Cousins, by the way. We got to, me and Kevin, uh, we went to yeah. the Lakers game on Friday, which was a lot of fun. We got to meet um, the guys from Kyle and Peach, uh, from Court Cousins. Those guys came from um, Boston and Connecticut. Came down. Um, they went to the Lakers game and they went to the Bulls game on Sunday with a group from Reddit. So that was really dope. Super super nice guys. Me and Kevin talked to them for like ten minutes. Really really funny. Awesome dudes. Great meeting you guys. Uh, yeah, if you guys are ever coming like from across the world or across the country or whatever. Um, and you want to, you know, meet up at a game or something, let us know. We'll do our best to be there. Um, but yeah, we love meeting you guys. So if you're ever at a game and we're there, hit us up. Definitely, you know, more than willing to, to say what's up and, um, you know, just chop it up with you guys for a few minutes. All right. Uh, we're launching kind of like a new feature on the show that we're really excited about. So producer Kevin had the awesome idea this past week um, that we should start like a voice mailbox so that listeners of the show can call in, ask questions. Um, They can rant. If you guys want to curse us out and tell us we suck, that's cool, too. We have bleeps that we can do. Um, If you guys want to give us, like, fast food recommendations, Mm. we are always down for that. Combinations. food recommendations. Yeah, all kinds of crazy things. Um, If you guys, you know, want to tell us about a great movie that you saw or uh, an album that you listened to, whatever you guys can think of, 
We want to hear from you guys. So if you're interested in leaving a voicemail, you can call 407-603-1189. Again, that's 407-603-1189. We really, really want to hear from you guys. We want to make this a featured thing that we do you know, every show or every other show at least once a week. So we've got a couple of those uh, later on in the show. Producer Kevin's going to come and kind of feed those to us, uh, go through your questions, comments, things like that. And, uh, yeah, we'll do that. So we're really excited about that. So make sure you guys give us a call. Uh, we're, we're hoping that it's going to be a lot of fun. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, Luke, let's break down the game from tonight. Um, I'm still pretty upset about it, to be perfectly honest. So the Los Angeles Clippers, they're in the middle of an eight-game road trip. Played in Washington last night. I think they were down, what was it, like six points with like nine seconds left. Luke Kennard hits a crazy deep three. They get the ball back. I don't even know. I I, I watched the highlights last night. I already forgot. But they get, get the ball back. They're down three. Luke Kennard gets fouled and hits the three, makes the free throw to win the game, beat the Wizards. The Wizards were up by 35 points at one point in that game. So horrible loss for the Wizards. But the Clippers had to fight like crazy to come back in that game. Um, so tonight, just given the circumstances, Luke, this is a game that the Magic should have won, but the Magic fall 111 to 102 in this game. Luke, the craziest thing to me is that the Clippers did not shoot a free throw in this game until Eric Bledsoe goes to the line with 434 left in the third quarter. From that point, so over like the final 16 and a half minutes, the Clippers shoot 27 free throws. They shot 25 free throws in the fourth quarter alone, Luke. <laughs> like we're going to get into the the referees yeah. in a little bit later, but um you know, this is the Magic had a 2-point lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, they couldn't stop the Clippers all night from shooting the three ball. They shot 11 for 15 in the first half, 15 of 29 in the second half. So, I mean, still, I mean, excuse me, 15 of 29 um, for the game. So what is that? Four of 14 in the second half, still good 
for almost 52% for the game. But the Magic, Luke, looked really great in the first half. You know, you have the lead, um, you know, at halftime. And, uh, or no, you're down just, just a couple points at the half, I believe it was. You're up mm. two points going into the fourth quarter. But the offense, Luke, just really great start to this game for the Magic. And then it just started to stagnate more and more and more as the game went on. The Clippers started to switch on, like, every pick and roll, which the Magic were doing a great job of in the first half. Um but yeah, the the great looks that we were getting in the first half in the paint, really the team was super super aggressive in the first half attacking the paint. Uh, that led to the Magic shooting. Let's see how many free throws here in the first half. My computer doesn't want to load. I don't have the so it was ten free throws for the Magic. Um, in they the went nine for ten or something, wasn't it? Or that was in the 10? second half. My computer's not loading here. Of course, as I needed to load. Wi-Fi here at my dad's house sucks. 12 free throws in the first half. Uh, again, that was just a byproduct of the Magic. Getting aggressive, getting great looks in the paint, and, and really just trying to run to the rim. And it kind of stopped in the second half. I felt like as the second unit came in, you know, guys like Gary Harris, Terrence Ross, Chuma Okiki, um, you know, the offense just really started to break down in rhythm. They weren't getting the same looks. And, uh, yeah, I mean, you're just not able to keep up with the the scoring effort of the Clippers shooting the ball so well, you don't you start not to defend as well as this game goes on, Luke. And this is a game that the uh, the Magic I haven't seen the post game uh conferences yet. We jumped on here to start recording, but uh everyone on Twitter is talking about how the guys just seem dejected uh during the post game uh, yeah. of this game. They know that they should have won this game. Yeah, and I th- I think that the the biggest thing here is that in the first half the the Clippers are are shooting lights out compared, especially you know they're shooting whatever it was sixty plus percent or something like that from three at the end of the first half. The Magic shooting pretty terrible from three, and it's just very obvious at that point the free throws were was you know what was really keeping Orlando in the game, um, be, despite that discrepancy from you know efficiencies from three. So the Magic only shoot uh, those. You know, the, the, they shoot all those free throws, and then in the second half gets going. Like you said, third quarter was the start of like you know ticky tack things being called. And I, I won't even blame this game on the refs, right? Like I'm not ever going. You're never going to see me blame a game on the refs. You're never going to say like, oh, it was a ref's fault. No, this team has nine wins this year, and there is a great reason for it. Yes, they are injured, but those who are healthy, the team is not great. Uh, we all know this, so I'm never going to blame it on the refs fully. The the refs are essentially are the reason the Magic, you know, could be if it even been in the game in the first half, only down one, despite the, the how terribly they were shooting the ball compared to the Clippers. To have you know for the Clippers to not have shot a single free throw um, is pretty insane too. I think that the refs were just equally terrible tonight, but it was super odd because it was like they only felt like they could call it on one side of the court at a, per half is what it really did feel like. So, um, yeah, I, I think that, you know, they put themselves in a really hard position there. You get outscored by 11 in the fourth quarter, largely due to free throws, as we said. It's just insane to me that, you know, the Clippers didn't shoot a free throw for the entire first half, and I'm sure that their fans were mad. I know their broadcasters were making jokes about, you know, the, the Magic are paying the refs and whatever. Um, we need it, guys, by the way. But... All that to say, for the Clippers to end up shooting, you know, 27 free throws in total, the Magic shoot 22, I mean, it's no wonder after that first half, if you kind of pull out the numbers for the second half, no wonder in comparison why the Clippers ended up winning this game, 111-102, and it wasn't even that close at the end. 
the magic kind of pulled it in to make it look a little bit better. Well, speaking of the refs, Luke, I think we're going to let our friend uh, Preston tell our listeners exactly what happened tonight with the refs. My name is Preston Wills. Uh, I'm from Richmond, Virginia. And I just wanted to say that uh, short white ref tonight, he had it out for us. And he definitely has um, some issues with his eyesight. You know, I'd recommend him a pair of, uh, you know, glasses at the nearest uh, store. And, you know, I can even talk to some people I know and, you know, get him a prescription filled for that, you know, because, you know, it was pretty rough out there. Go Magic. (laughs) Appreciate you, Preston. Yeah, it was just really odd. Um The short white ref, I think, is what he said. Yeah. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just like really weird. Uh, you know, when that um call, that foul on you know Eric Bledsoe started like kind of towards the 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 later part of the third quarter, it, all of a sudden it was like three or four consecutive like ticky tack fouls on the Magic, and the next thing you know, uh, the Clippers are in the bonus. <clears throat> Clippers are in the bonus for most of the fourth quarter, and like yeah, obviously the. The refereeing was kind of slanted towards the Magic in the first half, but it was mostly due to the Magic being like really aggressive and you know a lot of contact at the rim. And the Clippers in the second half, uh, especially the fourth quarter, it was just like the Magic would breathe on those guys, mm-hmm. and the Magic just seemed to get screwed over in like the weirdest ways possible. Like late in this game, Gary Harris hits a corner three, and then like it was two or three minutes later. There's a foul call, and the refs go to review the three from Gary Harris, and then they end up taking the three away from from the Magic. And um, as Franz Wagner kind of got it going down the stretch here, um, you know, scored a, a like ten points in the last couple of minutes of this game. Had we had that extra three points from Gary Harris, this game might have been a little bit more, um, you know, interesting down the stretch. So we say this. It feels like every couple of weeks we have a game where the refs just seem to hose us at one point or another. Uh, you know, just weird, bizarre things happening that sometimes we just never get uh, a real explanation for. But what we say every single time, Luke, is the refs don't, they don't ever cost you a game, right? Yeah. If the Magic could hit anything tonight, if they were effectively guarding the three point line, the Clippers probably aren't even in this game, to be perfectly honest. So. Appreciate you, Preston, for, for calling in. But, um, yeah, it's easy to point fingers at the refs and to, to make fun of the refs. I like to do that myself all the time. But what what did you think, Luke? So as far as the refs go, man, I kind of gave my piece just about that. I don't I don't blame anything on that. I, I wanted to talk about, you know, that the Magic seemed to really lack attention to detail here in the second half. It seemed as though, you know, the shots weren't falling. They They get a little bit more lax on defense because they're just frustrated. The ball's not going in offensively. And that trickled into like three possessions in a row, I think, where the Clippers uh, just got offensive rebound. It seemed like they just kept getting chances. Or, you know, I forget who it was. Maybe maybe Dell tries to save the ball from going out of bounds and passes it, you know, into, you know, a Clipper uh, to a Clipper player. And then they get the ball and, and they get the ball back. And it's just like they the Magic seemed to shoot themselves in the foot. Like the areas where they were doing so well and what was winning them the game are the exact area that they flipped in the second half and especially that, you know, late into the third and the fourth quarter. 
where they just stopped really looking like a like a team. They they stopped being able to do the things that got them to that point where they were still able to be, you know, within a point at half. They they win the turnover battle 13 to 15. Um so they win the turnover battle as you know, my thinking with the team this young, if you win the turnover battle, you need to win that game. Because you're not going to win any games as a young team. You're really not going to be able to make up for it if you have more turnovers that the other team force in that game. It's going to be that much harder to win it. Um, the Magic shoot 25% from three to the Clippers 51%. There, There's just not... I mean, and another thing, Clippers shoot 89% from the free throw line, 24-27. Um, Magic miss a couple more free throws than them despite shooting less. So and they shoot seventy seven percent. So you just have to make everything that you get when you're a young team like this, man. Um, and it it sucks because it it felt like this game was in the in the bag. To be completely honest, like the Magic felt like they were in control at some point here in the, early in the game. Uh, Dell goes to the free throw line first first uh, play of the game, splits his free throws, then has two back to back baskets, scores the first five points, um, and then goes on to score eleven in the game. I do want to say, Jonathan. I mean, I don't know if you have a piece to reply to anything that I had just said here, but I did want to point out Franz Wagner, he, he padded the, the point part of the stat sheet near the end of the game, you know, ends up with 21 points. He had some easy ones there down the stretch when the game was practically over, but he did have nine assists. I, it was, it was point Franz sometimes tonight. And I, that's my favorite version of him. Nine assists, man. Cole Anthony has 11 assists. Uh, Cole Anthony, Seven free throws tonight, Jonathan. Uh, unfortunately, Jalen wasn't able to continue his streak of getting to the free throw line. He did not go to the free throw line once this game ends the game with 14 points. Gary Harris, 14 points. I mean, the, it, it, this game had all the makings for the Magic to just win this game outright, Jonathan. Well, so, I mean, you just kind of go down, like especially when you're looking at the you know three-point percentage when you go down the column, you know, Wendell 0 for 2, Mo Bamba 0 for 2, um, Cole 2 for 5, 0 for 4 Chuma, for Bamba. 0 for 6, 0 for 4 for Mo, yeah. Mm. 0 of 2 from Moritz Wagner, 0 of 3 from Terrence Ross. Like, Chumo Kiki last 10 games heading into tonight shooting 38% from the floor, starting to, you know, really, you know, shoot the ball better as of late. And from then the just three or from an the floor? stinker tonight. From the three. Okay, I gotcha. might have said from the floor. 38% from the three-point line. Last 10 games for Chuma Okiki. So a lot of these guys just kind of laying eggs tonight. It was good to see Cole Anthony, you know, bounce back. He had uh, 10 points in the third quarter, finishes the night with 19. Uh, 5 of 11 from the floor. He's a guy who's been struggling offensively as of late. But six rebounds, 11 assists, two steals, and a block tonight. Like, he was really causing a lot of problems uh, defensively for the Clippers, um, which when he didn't have it going, you know, initially offensively, that's what you're asking of Cole. You know, just yeah. stay engaged, do all the little things, and he was doing that tonight. And, like, really, I mean, we can make all the excuses in the world, but the Magic just gave this game away. Like, they had every opportunity to win this game. You know, you, you go down by, you know, I think it was nine points, you know, late in the, the fourth quarter multiple times. The Magic, you know, would go on a little, you know, three- or four-point, you know, kind of run, and the Clippers would extend the league back out to nine. So, you know, a team when we're looking and right now their best players are Terrence Mann, Nick, you know Nicholas Batum, uh, Luke Kennard, Reggie Jackson. Like th- that's a game that the Magic you know really should have had a chance to win tonight, 
And again, you just you end up giving the game away. It is what it is. Like a team shoots, you know, they started the game 11 to 15. You get a little bit of a break in the second half. But like you said, you know, you win the turnover battle. You got to find a way to win these games, Luke. And, I, you know, apparently, you know, the Magic seemed pretty upset by all reports, you know, in the, the post-game pressers tonight, should which be. they should. They they gave the game away. And the, the, the morality of this team, like the morale of this team is only going to be this high for so long. Like eventually at some point, the losing gets to these young guys because they are used to being on competitive teams and winning their entire lives. And then all of a sudden they're in the, in the NBA. You have a team that is this young. And it's, you, know, you still have multiple you know guys that we consider to be you know are going to be big contributors to this team are still out. And like at some point, like I was so impressed that it didn't happen during that ten game win streak. But um, losses like tonight. Luckily, you've got you've got Friday night. You've got Detroit at home. You cannot ask for a better opportunity to bounce back. If you could, if the Magic could handpick any team in the league right now to play, it would be it should be the Detroit Pistons. Yep, Detroit Pistons by all accounts are the second worst team in the league. The Magic have been the worst, you know, largely due to injuries. But it, you know, it's the point still stands. But Friday night, you've got to come out and you've got to destroy the Pistons. Like if the Magic don't have a a, a double digit win over the Pistons, I will be disappointed perhaps should they beat the Pistons by double digits? I don't know, but that's the kind of response that I want to see from this team after you destroy the Bulls Sunday night and then you just give away a game to the Clippers who, uh, on paper, you should have a chance to beat. The Magic were favored in this game. It was the first game they were favored in all year. It took 49 games, Luke, for the Magic to be favored in a game. And I, I texted you and Kevin. I said, just because the Magic are favored in this game, it is a lock that the Clippers are going to cover and the Clippers are going to win this game just because that's the way that this season has gone. But all of that, you know, you put all that together and I really want to see the Magic respond, you know, yeah. in a in a major way Friday night against the Pistons. Well, and the last thing I'll say here about that with the, with the Pistons obviously is the last time the Magic played them not too long ago here, uh, January 8th, the Pistons were favored by a point and a half. Now, the the magic didn't have WCJ in this game. They lose by just five. Um, I, I think that the magic should have um, every chance to be favored two games in a row, Jonathan. And I think to earn the respect of Vegas, which obviously we don't care too much about, but to earn the respect of Vegas, you gotta you gotta cover the games that that you're favored in. And if Vegas is laying it all out there, being like, hey, this team with nine wins, they're favored tonight. Regardless of circumstance, you gotta win that game, man. I, I I really thought after I had said that, you know, the team is gonna put together three game, three wins in a row. It was gonna be the Bulls, the Clippers, and the Pistons. I really thought looking at this spread tonight, Jonathan, even yesterday when I was like, the Clippers are only favored by a point. I was like, Vegas is on my side. It's over. The Magic are going in three straight. And I, I am that is why I this this loss hurts even more because I was like, I know these guys could have won this game. And then you go into the game against the Pistons on Friday. Um, anything can happen there. Both teams are terrible. Uh, would love to to see the Magic be you know not only favored but actually pull out the win uh, for the tenth win. They like you said, these guys are used to winning. Well, right now they have lost over four times the amount of games that they've won at this point. So um, hopefully they can get it done against the Pistons. Well, Luke, currently on the uh, ESPN Basketball Power Index, the Magic on the matchup predictor 
predictor are favored 61 and a half percent to the Pistons 38 and a half percent. So the ESPN basketball power index. So you're telling me there's a chance. There's a chance. And I, and again, you know, anything like if the magic win by nine, I'll be like, okay, I'm happy about the win. But like the magic need to come out on fire Friday. I need a, I need a, I need a call. I need a call 40 burger against the Pistons. I need it bad. That'd be great. Or, or a little, you know, give me a Franz or a Cole Forty Burger going head to head with Kate Cunningham, totally you know, rookie fine. of the year discussion. I'm all, I'm all for that. All right, we're gonna take a quick break here from our friends at Manscaped, and then producer Kevin's gonna come in and we're gonna get into your guys' voicemail. Super excited about that, guys! Cheers to 2022 and resolutions you can actually keep. How about having clean and shiny balls all year round? Our sponsors at Manscaped are here to save your balls this year and make the ball drop into 2022, the cleanest and sexiest ever. Set your first New Year's resolution with good intentions and join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code 6th, that's S-I-X-T-H, for 20% off plus free shipping. And inside the Performance Package 4.0, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0. This electric trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. The advanced skin-safe technology reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate nuts. It also comes equipped with a 4000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land 2022 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2022 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code 6th at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code 6th. S-I-X-T-H. It's New Year, no pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. All right, guys, like we said at the top of the show, uh, we recently, well, really, this is the first episode where we're doing it, uh, where we're having you guys call in and leave voicemails, uh, voice messages on the show. Again, can be questions, rants, whatever you guys want. If you guys are interested in leaving us a voicemail, it is 407-603-1189. So producer Kevin is going to join us in a second here and is going to start feeding us uh, these questions. So, Kev, what we got? Hey, guys. Uh, first voicemail comes from Baldemar. He's got a, a question about Jalen Suggs. Hey, yeah. My name is Baldemar Merlo. I'm from Avon Park, Florida, and I'm just calling in just to get your guys' opinion on this. Um, I personally think that Jalen Suggs is that guy. He's a franchise player that we need leading us to – the playoffs to the championship you know whatever you want to say I think he's that guy I just love his size I love his skill set he's super aggressive really athletic to be honest after those two slams he threw against Chicago the other night but I know there's another side of the coin I guess where people think that you know maybe he's not up that franchise player that maybe he just pans out to be like a Drew Holiday type player like that's his ceiling you know just a great maybe second piece third piece to a championship team um I just want to get your guys opinion on him because I'm really high on the guy I love the kid he's crazy talented crazy skilled and I'm I was amazed that he landed to us in that pick but I just want to get you guys opinion on him do you guys think he's that guy the franchise player that we were like been searching for or you know 
Kenny Payne would just be like the, the second guy that we needed. Like, like I said, like a Drew Holiday type of player, because I see a lot of that comparison to him. So, yeah, that's basically the question. And then again, I mean, I love you guys. Love the show. You guys carry me every morning. Um, yeah, take care. Waldemar, you carry us every morning, first of all. <laughs> so thank you so much for calling into the show. Really appreciate that. Great question. Luke, I'm going to lead by saying there is nothing wrong with being Drew Holiday. No. <laughs> like, absolutely not. Like, Jalen Suggs becomes Drew Holiday. I'm full. I'm cool Jeff with that. and John did quite all right with that number five pick. Um, but let's kind of go back to the first part of it. Can or will Jalen be the franchise guy? I think he can. I think especially what we're seeing since his return the last six games, um, the improvement that he's made since he's gone out. So since coming back, Luke, in six games, averaging 15 points per game, five rebounds, four assists, still 3.2 turnovers. Still got to figure that out. Uh, you know, Still a rookie kind of figuring things out there. But he's shooting 46% from the floor, 23% from the three-point line, not great but 77% from the free throw line on four and a half free throw attempts per game. He seems much more under control most of the time. I would say 95% of the time. He's still got a little bit of that rookie indecision in him, Mm -hmm. Um, but taking contact much better now, finishing at the rim much better now. Kobe Price uh, just uh, released an article today talking about that, how um, there were a couple of the assistant coaches that Jalen worked with while he was out Basically, they called it finishing school. So he couldn't really do much you know, with the, the right thumb in terms of shooting while he was out and healing. So they really focused on his finishing with the left hand. And I think we're starting to see uh, that work pay off. He's going to continue to get more comfortable, going to continue to improve at that. But the kid, I've been saying this all year, is objectively the best defender on the team. Uh, the, the Raptor stat, which I'm not even going to... Uh, like <laughs> pretend like I understand, but he's one of the highest rated players in the league in that rating, which is like some type of defensive algorithm. I guess right. we could say, Luke, I really Somebody don't know. smarter than us. Smart people told us that and it says that Jalen's a great defender. So Jaylen I'm Jalen good defense. Yes. Um, Jalen good, good at that. Good, yes. good at that. Yeah. So, yes. um, That's yeah, as I'll far just, as we need to go. Right. And, and real quick, I'll just say defensively, I think is where he's provided that, that biggest lift. Obviously, uh, the, the statistics are there since he's come back that he's just better um, finishing around the basket, which is great. He's he's consuming contact. I was watching, like I said, the Clippers broadcast. They were complimenting his ability to absorb contact and be strong driving to the rim. This wasn't the case. Like this was not always the case this year. Um, he he was not always doing that in college. Like I've said before, he shied away from contact. Another thing that like an area that Suggs needs if he wants to propel to that next level, Jonathan he's going to need to become a better catch-and-shoot three-point shooter in general. Um, In college, ironically enough, shot better off the dribble from three than he did in a catch-and-shoot situation. Tonight against the Clippers, one of his two threes that he made was a catch-and-shoot three, so that was good to see. I think he shot 50%, two of four from three. So um, that being said, I think I think the potential is is there more than I thought it was for Jalen um, prior to his break. But like we have said already, since he has been back, it seemed to be really good time off for him. I think eventually Jalen, if if Jalen could be a Drew Holiday, I give him to me. Right now, Drew Holiday is averaging 18 points a game. Um, 18 NBA points. Champion Drew Holiday. Yeah, 18 points, 6.4 assists, uh, 4.6 rebounds. So. I would I would give a lot of things for Jalen Suggs to just turn out to be Drew Holiday. Thanks for the question. 
Uh, last bit of Jalen Suggs propaganda here. On the season, the Orlando Magic are 23rd in defensive rating. Since coming back, uh, the Magic are 8th in defensive rating. So that's a wow. big improvement. Can't argue with that right there. Uh, next voicemail comes from Jose. He's got a thought about Franz and a little bit about the team as a whole. Hey, guys. What's up? I'm a big, I'm a big fan of the show. My name is Josiel Vargas. Uh, I'm from uh, Altamont Springs, Florida. And, you know, I just wanted to say that even though we've been losing lately, you know, we started winning a couple games. The France Wagner, you know, he cooled down a little bit, but he's, I like the way, the way he's playing defensively. Um, playing smart, playing through his role, not forcing shots, which is very good for a rookie, you know? So that's very good of him. Dylan Sucks has been looking alright too. Finally finding a little bit of a stroke. He's looking like the leader that we drafted. So, I, like, I just like the way the direction the team's going. We're not expecting wins every night, but we're getting a very exciting young team, and I'll take that. I'm happy with that. Anyways, guys, big fan of the big fan of the show. Luke, you want to take this one? Yeah. So, I mean, he he talked about Franz and just his ability to you know not you know not necessarily get caught up in just you know putting up shots and, and trying to be um, a superhero. Not necessarily like the past few games here. He's not been incredible. Um, specifically, I think from three, his three-point percentage is down a little bit these last uh, like 10 games or so. So, you know, there's a little bit there. Uh, I, I, You know, I think that as far as this goes, man, um, Jalen uh, or, or Franz here talking about, um, you know, the – no, he said Jalen, right? He was talking about him being a good leader, I believe. Um, and I think that was the biggest thing. Jalen during his time off was, you know, on the sideline, you could see him being very vocal with the players and key points of the game coming down in a crunch time here, just trying to help coach up the players, see things maybe they haven't seen, you know, as he was watching the game from the bench. I think Jalen, I think his leadership has taken a next step after that, you know, against the bulls kind of doing, you know, it's magic city, that type of stuff. I think that's the, that's the type of thing that, that is an, an intangible in a player is just being a leader and I'm really hoping that Jalen Suggs is becoming, uh, at the very least, a good leader for this team. Yeah, I think you know when it comes to Franz Wagner, we've been talking about him all season and how great he's been. Um, you know, I, I put out on Twitter, you know, a, a few weeks ago uh, that you know I was worried that when we start getting guys back, that you know Franz wasn't going to be as featured, you know, in the offense. And I think there's a little bit of both, you know, when it, when it comes to that, I think, you know, part of it is Jalen Suggs coming back. Obviously he's a ball dominant guy. He's going to start taking some field goal attempts, you know, a couple here, a couple there from different guys. Um, but Franz, I, I think he's such a team first guy and he's so unselfish mm. that he hasn't reached the point yet where he's like, okay, I just need to go and get the ball and everybody kind of get out of the way and I'm just going to do my thing. And that's what he was doing in the month of December, you know, when he averaged 19 points, one Eastern Conference Rookie of the Month. Uh, there were We just had no other choices. Like, Jalen was out, Cole was out for a yeah. lot of, you know, the, the month there. And it was like, Franz, if you do not score 20, 25 points tonight, we are going to have no chance. Um, and i just become such a huge fan of Franz. Like, I feel so comfortable with the ball in his hands. He's always going to make the right decision. I feel like if he gets in the paint, it's game over. He's going to score you know, or or get fouled, end up at the free throw line. I think for me, that's like the next step in Franz's development. Yeah. We know he has that competitive fire in him, but like, you know, we've joked that Franz doesn't realize how good he is. And I feel like 
that is partly true. He just needs to be like, I am the man. Everyone get out of my way. And I'm yeah. about to destroy Cade Cunningham I, on Friday. I, I think that, you know, before we get to the, the, I think our, maybe our last question here, I could be wrong there, but it could be, I think it's our last question. It's funny. You, you, you talk about Franz and it reminded me a lot of a way you talk about another magic player, Jonathan, in terms of, I don't even want to hear this in right terms now. of doesn't know his, his potential and he can get into the paint whenever he wants to. You've said the exact things about one Markel Fultz in the past. And, well, and, fact. I, and and it is. I, I Markel, you know, seemingly at his best can get to the paint whenever he wants. I thought you were about to get disrespectful. No, I, no, I, no, I truly no. did. No, I just heard you say those things and I was like, Oh, you've said the same thing about Franz and it, and it's true. So my, um, my children, I love them. <laughs> so so yeah. Um I I you know, wholeheartedly agree with that about Franz and I'm I'm hoping that, that he can you know, continue to to be to be a leader, just like Suggs has be be you know been a leader, but also you know continue to produce on the court and kind of snap out of it here from three here as well. All right, our last question of the episode comes all the way from Canada with a question about Cole that is sure to be a conversation starter. Hey, six minute show. My name is Joshua Richard. I'm from Toronto. Uh, you know, my hot take is could Cole Anthony uh, actually be like our six man? You know, I know he's been going through a stretch right now, and I'm not saying, like, because of this small stretch, you know, he should be put on the bench. I'm just saying, you know, with Suggs emerging, and a lot of us thinking Martel should be starting regardless, Cole, could Cole's uh, future role on this team be a six-man on this team? Thanks. All right, Josh from Canada. If you guys don't listen to Tory Lanez, you might not get that, but I've been listening to Tory Lanez for, like, 10 years, way, 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 way back. That's that's an old reference there. Um, you guys aren't going to get that. It's totally fine. All right. Um, is Cole a six-man? I really don't know the answer to this question. Coming into the season, I was very confident that um, out of, like, all the guards, that Cole was going to end up being, like, the odd man out, and he played so well to start the season. It was like, okay, is this guy about to go on like a crazy run and, you know, probably end up getting snubbed as an all-star because the magic just aren't going to be very good. And then around the time that he started to have the ankle injuries, um, you know, he just hasn't been quite the same player. Hasn't been quite as offensively consistent. And right now it doesn't seem to be playing with that same like offensive bravado. The first few months of the season, he was just like, all right, I'm about to score right now and there's nothing that anybody can do about it. He doesn't seem quite as sure of himself, and that's really weird for me because Cole, you know, in terms of confidence, is like a scale of you know, zero to a million. Like Cole is somewhere at the top of the confidence scale. So that's been kind of strange to see. Um, I think he's always going to be somewhat limited, you know, especially defensively just because of his size. Um, and again, he was shooting the ball so well to start the year, you know, from the three-point line. Um, it was hanging out right above, you know, the 40% uh, mark. And then looking here, like last six games, just for instance, since Jalen's back, since I've already got it up in front of me, four and a half attempts, he's shooting 25% from the three-point line. And if we look back a little bit further, you know, to the last, you know, 10 or, uh, you know, 15 games or whatever, I feel pretty confident that that is also the case. I'm actually going to bring up, let's say, all right, the last 12 games here, Cole Anthony shooting 26% from the three-point line. So, like what you're seeing, what the eye test is telling you right now, that Cole is not shooting the ball well. Um, the stats, you know, the stats agree with that. So, um, 
what I think is you know still really encouraging about Cole is that he's still rebounding at a high rate for a small guard. You know, five point nine rebounds over the last twelve games, six point one assists, and the offense still looks very disjointed when he's not on the floor. Mm-hmm. I think he's just not healthy right now. I think the the ankle injuries are a part of what we're seeing right now, and I think he's just going through a slump now. Is he going to get back to the guy that was dropping like 22, 25 a night? I don't know. But I think the truth with Cole, and Luke, you and I have talked about this, the truth with Cole is probably somewhere in the middle. Like yeah. right now, he's probably closer to like a 17, 18 point per game score, which is totally fine. Um, I'm not ready to say that Cole is going to be you know, a, a six man. I, I think what we saw at the beginning of the year wasn't exactly true. What we're seeing right now isn't exactly true. I think it's somewhere in the middle. I... I think that you have to approach this um, carefully. I think that the way that that this could be determined, I think it could go either way. And obviously, at this point, you know, when Markel comes back and he is, you know, I don't know if they start him right away. Obviously, probably not. Um, if they do, he's on a like a fifteen minute restriction or something. We we know how the Magic are anyway. So I think by default, Markel, you know, when he gets in and back in the rhythm, he definitely doesn't have a minute restriction. I think you have to start Markel to start the to start his time back uh, when he's back, you know, fully playing those minutes. So your question becomes essentially: Are you putting Jalen Suggs on the bench, or are you putting Cole Anthony on the bench? And and it and it, it isn't as clear cut because Jalen looks better than he was, and Cole looks worse. Um, now, like you said, still rebounding at a high rate, assists. Um, even for the year, he's averaging five point eight assists, which is fine. Uh, and over six in the last whatever it was, 10 to 15 games, whatever you said. So you really have to, I guess, weigh it out. Like where, which benefits you more? I think you could make a case for either of these guys at this point with Jalen kind of in his ascent and, and Cole kind of taking a step back to reality. I don't know if he's a 17-point-per-game scorer right now um, with like a fully healthy team around him. He's averaging 18 and in like an injury-riddled team right now. Um, obviously in the slump it hasn't helped but he's shooting below 40 percent now from the field you have to decide really do you value Jalen's defense in the starting lineup because uh, him in the starting lineup alongside a uh, J.I. Markel Franz Wagner and even Dell that's a ridiculously that's a top good 10 that's crazy team. I mean right now they're eighth right and it was since Jalen's in back without J.I. on the court without Markel out there I think that you have to really weigh what you want here and what you're going to prioritize if you're Mosley. I think I don't. I would not fault him for starting Jalen and putting Cole off the bench solely to be a spark plug, be the 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 Terrence Ross of old, right? In terms of you know he's able to do that. You said you you mentioned something, Jonathan. You said when right now when Cole is out of the game, the offense just seems like it's out of whack, basically. So do you? And, and then the other thing you have said. You know, obviously, I think that's a result of him being, you know, getting playtime and the role that he's been without Markel being in. That's a, the same thing you say about Markel. And that's the same thing we should say about Markel. So when Markel's in the game, that's when the offense feels like it's flowing too. I think, I, I can't believe he's done this to me. I, 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 I think Cole on a fully healthy Magic roster could be a six man. For those reasons I've given, I, I think that I would have no problem with it. I don't think Cole would have a problem with it, um, just in terms of like his role. 
And don't that let Greg Anthony time. hear you say this. I know, I know, but but I but I am saying this, and and the reason that I think Cole can keep the offense afloat more than Jalen can keep the offense afloat. Jalen can continue to anchor down the defense alongside the guys that I listed. When that's a fully healthy starting five, that is a scary defensive team. Um, and then you have Cole coming in the game, and he can put up the buckets that maybe the starting lineup wasn't able to because it's a very defensive-minded starting five. Um, and, and even until T. Ross gets dealt and Gary Harris gets dealt, uh, if that happens, you've got them coming off offensively. Cole with them, I, I think that you know I'd love to see the numbers with you know eventually with Cole running alongside that bench unit and just kind of see what the offensive output is like with that. Um, but I'm venturing to say it's better than when they don't have Cole in that group. So I, I think I'm with you. Uh, and obviously I'm talking to, to uh, Richard here. I think I'm, I'm with you. Or Josh, Josh, sorry. See, the transcript threw me off here, and I blame I blame this. It says my it literally says my name's Richard. I'm from Toronto. So Josh, yeah, don't look at the transcript. Josh, I'm with you um, on this one. I I would you know I, I think that this is a good theory. I don't think people should crap on it. I think there's merit to this line of thinking right now. I think we've talked about this for months and months. Jamal has a really difficult decision to make when yep. guys start coming back. Um, I don't necessarily think there's a wrong answer here. Like right. if, if Jalen starts, I'm fine. If Cole starts, I'm fine. Like yep. it just kind of, you know, eventually, you know, people want to talk about, oh, the Magic might have a log jam at the guard position. Eventually in the right environment, curated the right way, the cream will rise to the top. The yep. best show, the best players will prove to us who they are. And the best lineups. If, and the best lineups will, will reveal themselves. Yep. So, um, well, people you know, might criticize Mosley's lineup, so I, I don't know how people are <laughs> going to take that. It'll be apparent but, to us. Uh, yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. But mm. uh, here is hoping that Franz is just like, yo, I am that dude. I need my fair share of the pie uh, because yeah. I don't feel like he's getting that right now. And uh, I hope we see that change uh, you know, as he kind of matures and, and grows into his own in the NBA. But, Luke, I think that's going to do it uh, for this week. I think that's going to do it for our first week of the voicemail. Shout-out producer Kevin for uh, lobbing those softballs up to us to knock them out of the park, as they say. Uh, but, yeah, if you guys want to be featured on the show, if you want to leave a voicemail, you know, again, leave a question, a rant, curse us out, whatever. Call any time. 407-603-1189. You can literally call any time. The phone doesn't ring to anybody. It is just a voicemail box. Do not worry. If you wake up in a cold sweat at 4 a.m. and you mm-hmm. want to rant about this Clippers loss, send it on here. Please baby. call what? us. Don't worry Whatever. about it. So, all right, guys. Well, that's going to do it for this week. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to the Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic!
This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.